0: hey 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 yo what's going on party people we've got nine days as i record this by the time you're seeing this it's going to be eight days till the nfl season kicks off and releases on a Wednesday recording on a Tuesday so if anything crazy happens in the news right like Lenny Furnette the video we did yesterday him getting cut this is about wide receivers today but if anything crazy happens because Furnette was going to be featured in my yesterday video had to go ahead edit that bad boy out redo a couple of things put it up there If anything crazy happens after I upload this video for tomorrow obviously just know that you maybe you're watching it later on or there was like a 20 hour gap 18 hour gap between me filming it and actually putting up there the podcast and video format so we'll get that disclaimer out of here so all the minions that are ready to sit there with their trigger fingers in the comment section can be like, you didn't see Will Fuller got hurt. Come on. I'm paying attention to the news. I've got so many alerts on my phone right now that I look at my phone and I think I have a seizure from all the things popping up. So we're all good. All right. We're all good. Don't worry. I'm up to date. Just like you're up to date. You're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. Just relax in in the comment section. But ladies, gentlemen, Fellas, 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 I hope you're having a beautiful, fantastic start to your day, middle of your day, end of the day. Whatever you're doing, you found this podcast, you found the video format of it here on YouTube. How you doing? I appreciate all of you so much, and I cannot wait to be grinding the NFL season now that we're here. Less than 10 days away. The DFS side of it, the Daily Fantasy Sports, the DraftKings, my flagship shows are going to be starting up on Monday. I'm going to be starting recording them, so less than a week until those. Honestly, just a couple of days until those, so I'm very excited for all that stuff. If you are here with me right now, you're enjoying this video, we're going to be going through the... Best wide receivers in your draft, round by round. I've got it from the first round to the 10 plus. So we're going to go kind of rounds one through nine, and then one wide receiver at those double digit rounds that I think you want to be owning. And that person's actually going to be in the 13th round as of right now. I assume they're going to be moving up draft boards on the ADP on four for four every single day, a consensus rankings. So the best wide receivers, round by round, for the people that are still drafting. And I have a lot of my drafts coming up. I schedule a lot of my drafts for next Tuesday, next Wednesday, just a day or two before the season, so I don't get screwed over by something like Leonard Fournette getting cut, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get into this bad boy. And before before we do, if I can ask you on the YouTube version, like button for me, big old subscribe button, and it really helps. And the podcast version especially. Thank you so much for all your listens. I can see them now, all the listens coming in. I appreciate it if you could hit the subscribe button. And if you leave a review, if anybody leaves a review, whether you're watching on YouTube or not, $50 giveaway to one person each week who leaves a review. And honestly, only like four to five people leave a review each week. So you got pretty decent odds at wagering $0 to win $50. You wager like one minute at a time. Not bad to do so on the Apple podcast store to leave a review over there. So let's get into this bad boy. Subscribe, like all those things. We're going to be looking at some of the player profiles. As you can see on the screen behind me, this is just a list of the wide receiver profiles in the Supreme draft guide you still have the rest of this week until the end of the week until i believe sunday to take advantage and get my supreme draft guide it's my draft kit every single thing you're going to need top 150 player profiles a bunch of different tiers and rankings and all key stats databases for you drafting and you to just be dominating your draft and easily see where the best value is and why all right there at your fingertips just ten dollar rooskies. there's a link down below in the description so you can figure out how to get it use a promo code sal nfl and monkey night fight and you'll be able to get that but again more information down below in the description we'll be using those player profiles for the majority of the these players and I kind of want to just get right into it right now. Let's just start it off right now with the first wide receiver we're going to be looking at. I said we're going to go through rounds one through nine and then pick a player in the double digit rounds. So rounds one, there's nobody. So we're actually going to start with rounds two. So it's sort of a trick question. In the first round, there's only one to two, maybe sometimes three, you're going to see wide receivers going. Obviously, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and then also Tyree Kill right now is going as the wide receiver three on consensus ahead of Julio Jones. I don't agree with that. In the first round, I don't want a wide receiver. I really don't. Whether I'm picking 11th, whether I'm picking 10th, whether I'm picking 12th, I just don't want a wide receiver. Obviously, Obviously, if I'm picking 11th or 12th and I can snag a Michael Thomas because he falls that far, he normally doesn't fall past like the fifth, sixth or seventh pick. But if he does fall that far in your draft, then yeah, snag Michael Thomas at the 12th and then get a running back on on the turn, right? Your back-to-back picks if you're in a 12-team draft. For the most part, we're going to be talking about ADPs, average draft positions for those 12-team drafts. But again, they'll kind of just correlate correctly over to 10-team drafts, just a couple of spots further down since there's obviously less people. But if we start here and now we actually look at the second round and the first round, pretty much my advice is just don't draft these wide receivers unless Michael Thomas is falling to you in a wide way. Like if you're picking at the fifth spot overall, take Clyde over take somebody else at that spot, Dalvin Cook, whoever you feel most comfortable with, Kamara, even though as of right now, there's holdout concerns, right? There's going to be holdout concerns for a lot of these guys. I'm pretty sure Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara are going to play this year. I'm pretty sure that they're going to get paid most of them this year at some point, whether it's something that they enjoy or not, because I don't think that they have any leverage outside of just missing their game checks and then still having to go and not be able to test the free agent market next year because of the new CPA. But Julio Jones is the guy that I want here. Look, in the second round, I don't think you're getting much value. He's currently going ADP as the wide receiver four in 15th overall. He's my wide receiver three and thirteenth overall. So I guess technically I'm slightly ahead of consensus and what everybody else thinks based on drafting on Julio Jones. I think that having a start of, let's just say you're getting yourself, oh, I don't know, maybe a Joe Mixon and then a Julio Jones. I feel really good about that. Yes. I know there's concerns about Joe Mixon. Insert any running back that you want in replace of him a Josh Jacobs, right? And Austin Eckler. And then you get Julio Jones A Derek Henry. And then you get a Julio Jones because he's going now into the second round. I like that a lot. Look, Julio continues to be dominant. Yes, he's 32, but I think he'll be fine at this age. I think Julio has got one to two more years of just peakness in him. I think that this might be his last huge peak year. And you saw what he did last year. He goes out, he gets almost 1400 yards receiving, number 2 in receiving yards with 92.9 per game. He's number 2 in the NFL in targets, he's number 5 in receptions. He's almost seven receptions per game. His target share was insane, over 10 targets per game last year. His overall target share was 25.7%. He ends up averaging 18.3 fantasy points per game. All those things are beautiful. He has Matt Ryan yet again out there. Last year was third in the league in attempts and their overall offense ran the the first most passing plays tied with actually the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think that the quarterback connection is still there. Yada, yada, yada. We all get that stuff. I think that it's just a slight value. Like I'm normally in favor of going back to back running backs to start your drafts. But if you get the big old picture of Julio Jones here on the YouTube channel, but if you do get Julio Jones as like your second round pick after securing a top end or a top five, potentially top eight running back at the very worst in that first round, that's a solid start to your drafts. Yes, I do think that taking Julio now over some of these uh, mid tier running back twos that are going to be going in like Aaron Jones and those types of players ranges or Melvin Gordon and those types of guys if a lot of running backs go in your first round even over Todd Gurley I think that if Julio's still there yeah I want to be taking Julio you can see the target competition on the screen and you kind of already know the target competition a hyped up Calvin Ridley that everybody's all in favor of who I personally don't think is that far off from Michael Gallup I know that they just got CeeDee Lamb so that's why he's being taken later I personally don't think is as far off as Christian Kirk Calvin Ridley right now is going as a borderline top 15 wide receiver in drafts and Christian Kirk is going as like the wide receiver 40 I don't see the gap there I think they're actually very players this year. Sal, that's crazy. Christian Kirk to Calvin Ridley. No, just all the media that you've been consuming is convincing you that Calvin Ridley is the second coming of Jerry Rice right now when that's not even anywhere near the case, right? Calvin Ridley has a top 15 wide receiver. Yeah, I can see it. But I think the gap needs to be smaller between him and Michael Gallup and him and Christian Kirk, or at least the expectations need to be a little bit smaller than that. Like all those guys have a thousand yard upside seasons with five to eight touchdowns. Michael Gallup literally did it last year, right? Christian Kirk was on pace to do that before he got hurt and missed three and a half games last year. So yeah, I think it's a little bit uh, too far out. He is ready to break out. I guess you can say with Ridley out there, especially if Julio does regress, which I'm not expecting. So that's why I do think that Julio is still going to be fine. Yes, there's competition around him. A new tight end though in Hayden Hurst, uh, basically a a not deep down the field slot receiver in Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley, who I think is more smoke than actually going to go out there and be a top five wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver, like a lot of people expect out of him. So yeah, I don't think there's a lot of threats to Julio's job and his overall target share. I think you're going to continue to see Julio lead this team in overall yards, air yards. And when you're seeing targets, yards and air yards be up there for Julio Jones, even if the touchdowns don't come, he he's still going to be a dominating receiver and finish as like a top five guy like he did last year. But if the touchdowns come, he's going to be the wide receiver one and you're getting him in the second round, which I think is a very, very good value. Next up, we get our guy Kenny G. I love Kenny Galladay, man. This guy is just so smooth. You can get him in the third round right now. If you're playing in 10 team leagues or even 18 leagues, you're going to start to get him in the fourth round, which is just even better. He's currently going as we zoom in on the beautiful man's face. He's currently going as the wide receiver seven and 25th overall. So not bad, but I currently have him as my wide receiver five. Yes, I have him ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. I have him ahead of Chris Goblin. He's my wide receiver five, only behind who, Leo Jones, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Michael Thomas in backwards order, I believe, somewhere around there. And I'm eight spots ahead of consensus taking him 17th overall. So I do think Kenny Galladay is fine to take at the end of the second round. Normally, I don't take him there because you don't have to. He falls to the third round or sometimes the fourth round. And I think that's completely fine. And it's pretty impressive what he did last year with only playing half the season with comparable quarterback play. Yeah, you remember David Blau? David Blau was out there. Jeff Driscoll, who his best asset was actually using his legs and running the ball as a quarterback last year, was his quarterback for half of the season for about eight games, seven and a half games. So he ends up playing 92% of the snaps. And you see Kenny, got to go out there and just absolutely dominate just gets around the 1200 yards is one of only 3 players last year not counting running backs to see double digit touchdowns with 11 he was 6th overall in yards with 74 per game he was overall yards per target with 6 he was 4th in yards per reception so this was a guy going downfield and still making it work with just nobody there at the quarterback position for half of the season now he gets back as quarterback as you can see here on YouTube Stafford only played 8 games last year but he was on place to finish as the quarterback 2 in fantasy number 6 true passer rating lovely stats with over 35 attempts per game over 310 yards per. Game and he had 19 touchdowns halfway through the year. Was on pace to finish with the most touchdowns in the league and ended up being Lamar Jackson. But he would actually beat him by two based on how Stafford was actually going out there in pacing. And again, all these player profiles are on the Supreme Draft Guide, which is linked down below. And get the top 25 running back rankings. That's free, totally free down below. And also join the Discord. The Discord's in the description. There's about 350 people in there right now. If you're watching this, take a couple seconds of your time. It's just a way to chat with other like-minded people. If you have any questions about fantasy? Not only for before your draft, during your draft, but actually after you draft, stardom synonyms, those types of things any type of analysis you want to provide or get from other people. It's all in the Discord. A lot of smart people in there. Mock drafting still to this point of the year as well. You see the target competition. Darnell Allison is actually going to be sitting out for the season. He ended up opting out. So it's Marvin Jones, who's very good competition. We're actually going to talk about him later on. It's Amendola, and then it's not much else after that. TJ Hawkinson, a lot of people are expecting to take a step forward, but a tight end, you're not expecting a thousand yard season. Maybe Hawkinson ends up with like 650, 750 yards and a couple of touchdowns, five, six touchdowns. That'd be a really good year for TJ Hawkinson where he's being drafted. But the upside for Kenny Gallin in this offense is pretty much what he did last year, except now he has a good quarterback to make that a little bit more stable to increase the floor. This is a fine offensive line who did lose Graham Grasco, and it's a really bad defense, in my opinion, who lost a lot of their playmakers and guys who big play Slade, Darius Slade, who I don't think that's great anymore. So sorry to the Eagles fans out there. He's actually not that good of a cornerback anymore. He's in the downturn of his career, very similar to guys like Patrick Peterson, who are just not good anymore relative to other players in the league and how they used to be, at least. Yeah, I think that Kenny Gallon in the third round is a pretty strong value. Getting into our fourth round play, this was a player who was featured in our best picks overall. So we've done a series now. Best picks overall came out on the weekend on Sunday. Best running back picks, I get a little bit more in depth, right? We've covered eight to 10 players in best picks overall at every single position running backs. We just did eight to 10 at that specific position. And now we're obviously doing that a wide receiver here. But I did cover Allen Robinson in that specific video because I think he's just going way, way, way too on their own. He's being disrespected as he always is. Uh, leave in the comment section, if you're still watching, who do you think is the most underrated player in the NFL? Underrated player, right? I think it's Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson goes out there last year. He's provided as a wide receiver one every single year that he's been healthy. Obviously I had to deal with his ACL injuries. These are just the stats last year from Allen Robinson. He's currently going as a wide receiver 11. He's my I wide receiver six. Yes, I have Allen Robinson ahead of DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Goblin and all these players. He's currently going right now 30th overall. I have him 21st overall. So he's obviously my favorite pick when he falls into the fourth round, which is pretty often. And at the very worst, he's falling to the end of the third round. So a lot of drafts are actually starting off with this type of a start. You can get yourself, say you're drafting at the top of the draft and Ezekiel Elliott, and then you come back at the turn and maybe you can snag an Aaron Jones plus an Allen Robinson. That's a very elite build. Now, sometimes Aaron Jones is gone and you have to settle for like a Melvin Gordon and Allen Robinson, something along those lines. That's a very elite build still Carson and Robinson. I like that a lot. So Allen Robinson 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 right now. Yeah, he was an absolute monster last year. He ends up at 153 targets while playing with Mitchell Trubisky, a terrible quarterback who, look, right now they're saying Nick Foles is having a better camp, but there's a good chance that they just start Mitch Trubisky week one. The Bears have said they're not going to name a starter yet for week one, which is just uh, preposterous and kind of weird. Seems like they're just doing that to the media though. But yeah, if you're going to go out there and just tell me that Mitch Trubisky is going to start because it's easier to start him for the year based on the limited camp, that is a little bit worrisome, but he was able to produce last year with 153 targets, a 30% red zone share. So Mitch Trubisky is obviously locked in on Allen Robinson and the receptions were just, insane. He had 98 receptions, but not only were they just a lot of receptions and it wasn't just compiling numbers, they were an efficient reception total. He was fifth in contested catches. His target share was up there and it was elite. So even if the overall target share reduces now and regresses from like this career high numbers of 153, to like 140, 135. He's still being way too undervalued going outside the top 10 wide receivers. This is a guy to me who was an alpha and just look at the competition. They didn't bring in anything. They brought in Ted Ginn Jr. in free agency. They brought in a late round wide receiver in the draft and Darnell Mooney, who they're saying might take on the Taylor Gabriel role, which does not worry me about Robinson and Anthony Miller last year is probably the next best player in place as a stud in this offense as he was very good down the second half of last year but he's no competition for Allen Robinson on the overall season in my opinion yes Anthony Miller might take a step forward if he's actually fully healed from his shoulder injuries that have plugged in the last two years and he might go for a 900 or a 1000 yard season maybe like a Michael Gallup did last year but similar to Michael Gallup going off Amari Cooper also went off in his 14 games played right so I'm not too worried or threatened by the target competition it really comes down to who's the quarterback and how they're going to be playing at the worst case scenario it's Mitch Trubisky which you got a season Last year, like Alan Robinson had last year with Mr. Biscay as his quarterback, or it's an improvement, which I would think is an improvement to Nick Foles, who would actually be the best quarterback that Alan Robinson has played with, whether it was college or his NFL career. Go get yourself some Alan Robinson, whether he's in the third round at the end of the third round, because you're not going to be able to get him by the time your turn comes back round, or if you're getting him in the fourth round, where he's going pretty often right now. The guy in the fifth round who stands out the most is going to be Robert Woods. I've done a lot of videos on Robert Woods. He's a must draft wide receiver for me, just in general. He's going in the fifth round a lot right now. Even if you get Robert Woods, you have to reach on him in the fourth round, or you're playing in a sharp draft, and he's going to go in the fourth round. This is a guy who's a wide receiver 12 for me. He's currently going off the board as wide receiver 19. So I have him as a wide receiver one. So I have him at the end of my wide receiver one tier right now. He's going 49th overall. I'm taking him 33rd overall. I just love this guy so much. Again, 33rd overall means that I think he's worthy of a late round third pick. You never have to take him there, though. That's just where I have him valued. He's going all the time in the end of the fourth round or the beginning of the fifth round. Think about starting your draft off with two running backs, maybe even three, but two running backs, a stud wide receiver, and then maybe even a second wide receiver before you have to take Robert Woods, depending on where you get the draft, where your draft spot is. Robert Woods is an absolute beast. Back-to-back years of 130 plus targets, having 140 last year. He's a wide receiver one on this offense, not leaving the field last year when they went to more 12 personnel, like Cooper Cup did. They took Cooper Cup off the field. He struggles on the outside. Robert Woods is just a fiend on the outside, and he also played 35% of his snaps in the slot and was very efficient there as well. He was second in yards after the catch with 560 total, top 10 in pretty much every statistical accounting category last year. Receptions, targets, routes run, anything that looks solid to you. The only place that he wasn't, only two receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns on 140 targets. This guy is never caught touchdowns even dating back to being a buffalo bill but i think we can bank on more than two even if you get up to five receiving touchdowns for robert woods this year and even if some of these numbers come down to 85 receptions um honestly the yardage should go up 1100 with no brandon cooks out there so we might have to take on more of a deeper threat role with no todd Gurley out there in the red zone where they like to use todd Gurley a lot 50 plus red zone touches on the ground last year alone for todd Gurley and a bunch of red zone touchdowns so maybe now they throw a little more and maybe they key in on robert woods more even though cup is normally the red zone guy just more overall usage to go around robert woods looks looks like a Monster. Quickly, just look at the target competition. You know what it is. It's Cooper Cup. It's Tyler Higby. It's the other tight ends and Gerald Everett. It's Josh Reynolds, who right now is holding off a very hot Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson, the rookie who is balling out in camp right now. And Jefferson, who was a second round pick, one of the sneakiest second round wide receivers, not really being talked about, but probably would have been a first round pick, just like guys like Denzel Mim, just like guys like uh, Michael Pittman, who was taken in the second round, T Higgins taken in the second round. These guys were all first round picks and probably any other draft wide receiver was just so deep, as I'm sure you heard thousands of times this offseason. The biggest thing is the fact that Robert Woods was able to have a great season, even with Brandon Cooks out there for more than half of the season last year healthy. Same thing with Todd Gurley and also having a guy in Tyler Higby go off down the stretch last year. I mean, look at the last eight games. I'm putting them up on YouTube right now. If you're listening on the podcast, Tyler Higby last year was probably the number one or number two tight end in fantasy football. Second in yards, first in receptions and targets. He had four 100 plus yard games, the only tight end to do that in the final eight games. So half of his games, he was going for 100 plus yards. And the most red zone target seems third in fantasy points. Even while all that is going on, you still see Robert Woods playing 95 to 99% of the snaps out there and producing very good numbers, whereas Cooper Cup was the odd man left down. So again, I don't think that's going to automatically translate over to this year. I just think that at the very worst situations, when they go 12 personnel and feature tight ends, Robert Woods still has a very safe floor and high ceiling for you. So in even the worst case scenarios, as long as he's healthy, he's a pretty good value for you. Again, right now I think he's a strong fourth round pick. He falls into the fifth round a lot, and right now he's only going as the wide receiver 19. I have him as my wide receiver 12. So we're halfway done. We got five guys left. I hope you all are enjoying the video right now. These five guys, not as much to say on them, but we're going to break it down and tell you why their values. Behind me on the screen, you can see the Supreme Draft Guide. I built this all myself. I built the draft guide and all the tools in it right now myself. Got some help on the web development side, but I do appreciate it. If you are drafting and you want a little bit extra help, ten dollars is all it's going to be. Thanks to the sponsor, the logo up above, Monkey Knife. For more information on how you can get it, pretty much the promo code SalNFL. We'll get it for you for 66% off. Again, if you were eligible for the offer, just check it out. It's linked down below. It'll take you 30 seconds to one minute of your time. And while we are here, we are just about to hit 25,000 subscribers. We're about 100 subscribers away. So please, if you're watching this right now, like button. It says that 50% of the people over the last 28 days on my YouTube channel, I got these analytics, are not subscribed to this channel. I get it. People come in for just one video. They want to see who's the best running back today, whatever it might be, watch a mock draft video, and they forget to hit the subscribe button. But please, if you got a couple seconds of your time, please just hit the subscribe button in the bottom right hand corner, whether you're on mobile, whether it takes a couple seconds of your time to sign in it really does help me as an independent creator to make this channel go even further and be seen by some of the big wigs out there and maybe get some attention and grow even more so thank you so much in advance let's finish up this video now we're going to start it off with Jarvis Landry in the sixth round honestly not much to say here Jarvis Landry is pretty much going at value he's going as like a late six round, early seventh round pick. I don't really have much to say because there's not a lot of great values in the sixth round. Normally in the sixth round, people start taking a tight end, start taking a quarterback or two, your Dak Prescott, your Kyler Murray's, your Deshaun Watson's go off the board, your mid round running backs, whether it's a Kareem Hunt, right? Those types of players, James White, maybe sometimes gets taken in the sixth round. So there's not a lot here. Ronald Jones, there's not a lot of wide receivers here. On average ADP, there's only like two or three wide receivers going in this sixth round for 12 team draft. So I think the one who stands out the most to me, at least that I like, and I'm at least around where the field is on him is Jarvis Landry. He's a top 30 receiver for me he's a very safe play last year might have been a peak season for him as he was top 10 in all these statistical categories as you can see on the screen yards yards after the catch target share targets he was 12th in receptions and he was top 10 in red zone receptions as well being a 26.8 percent target share seeing over 1150 yards and over 80 receptions on 138 targets and now he gets an offense that's going to thrive off the of play action off of keeping two wide receivers on the field a lot more than last year obj and jarvis Landry will be there with kevin scafanti as the offensive coordinator and baker mayfield's best asset in his so far nfl career of two years has been play action passing. Kevin Skavansky thrives off of that. Look at Kirk Cousins last year with the Minnesota Vikings offense. I'm not going to make a huge case for Jarvis Landry. I just think he's a safe pick. I have nothing against him. Normally when I'm there, if it's the sixth round, then I already have, let's just say I got three running backs already and two wide receivers. Yeah. Look at Jarvis Landry and I go, you know what? I like that. And if you're asking how I start my drafts and my strategy, I have an early round draft strategy video out there from about a week ago. So it's very current and up to date. I also have every single Friday, a mock draft strategy. So you can see me actually doing that. We'll be doing our final mock draft this Friday. So be sure to check it out and come with any questions that that you might have in the comment section or again in the free Discord. But he's just a safe play as your wide receiver three. Honestly, not a terrible wide receiver two. So that's where I'm at right now on him. That's just a quick analysis. Let's get over now into William Fuller. We'll use the website player profile right now to kind of break down Will Fuller here. And the analysis on Will Fuller is simple. He's not going to finish where he's currently going. He's just not going to. He's currently going right now, Will Fuller, as the 33rd wide receiver off the board, 82nd overall. Now I'm higher than that. He's my 30th wide receiver on the board and 71st overall for me. So I'm 11 sp- spots higher in consensus. That means I would be fine taking him around earlier than he's currently going, meaning if he's going in the seventh round where he is right now on average, I'm fine taking him in the sixth round. People want to say, oh, he's going to miss four to six games this year. Okay. Let's say he misses four games. He still can has opportunity as the upside that he is as a wide receiver one in his offense to command such a higher target share. Last year, you get Will Fuller playing 11 games. And in some of those games, he's banged up. He ends up seeing 71 targets in those games, right? So he's on pace seeing six and a half targets per game, but now there's no DeAndre Hopkins out there. So now what happens if Will Fuller's target share goes to eight targets per game and he only plays the 14 games that you're worried about? You get 112 targets out of him, out of high upside targets for a guy who last year ranked for over two deep targets per game, 2.1 with Deshaun Watson is throwing a good deep ball. And the best offensive line that Deshaun Watson has ever had was last year. And it's going to mainly carry over into this year as well. Now in the worst case scenario, if he misses a month of the season, you're still getting a hundred plus targets out of Will Fuller out there. As long as you think that his targets are increases with there being no DeAndre Hopkins and now other new wide receivers and Randall Cobb, not knowing the offense as well, or having as much chemistry and also Brandon Cook's coming into this. Yes. I think that Will Fuller's legs and lower body injuries and hamstring pulls and ACLs are concerned. Ligament damage is not great for a speedster on the outside. But if he is indeed healthy out there, he's, if he plays all 16 games, there's a real chance that Will Fuller in a good offense with a good offensive line and a very good quarterback finishes as a top 15, top 10 wide receiver in fantasy. So when I say, I don't think he's going to finish at where he's being drafted. Okay. Let's just say he gets hurt and misses some games. So you're drafting him as your wide receiver three or wide receiver four at that point, And he has the upside to be the best wide receiver on your team in the seventh round. I love that. I love grabbing Will Fuller there. I think the cat's out of the bag a little bit because he's slowly starting to creep up. You're getting a guy who's going to go out there and play. And let's just look at his snap share last year, right? This guy, when he's on the field plays every single Snap. 100% of the snaps. 97, 100, 100, 98 and a half. Right. 92, 91, 95. This is all this guy is playing. He's playing on the field and he's staying out there. I think that the overall targets per game for Will Fuller is going to be probably somewhere with no Hopkins out there, around eight and a half per game. Which means if he plays a full 16 games, eight and a half per game, you're looking at close to 125 to 130 target share. Which means if he misses a couple games, he can still pull off 115 to 120 target share, and I like that a lot for the former first round pick out of Notre Dame. These next two guys I've talked about before. I believe in the previous video. It's Marvin Jones, and then it'll be. Christian Kirk. Marvin Jones is currently going as the 94th overall player. I have him 81st overall. Look, he's just a, he's a wide receiver one in most offenses, but he's behind Kenny Galladay right now. But over their last 16 games, he's actually outproduced Kenny Galladay. We can look at where he was last year in the first seven weeks, Matt Stafford was actually healthy. Kind of already looked at what the target competition is for him when we looked at Kenny Galladay. But the first seven weeks with a healthy Stafford last year, Marvin Jones was the wide receiver 15. Again, he's currently going outside the top 35 wide receivers. He produced on 42 targets, 387 yards, 30 receptions, and five touchdowns. He was number, five in red zone targets and number two in red zone receptions. This guy's always been an end zone monster. He scored nine touchdowns last year, even though he missed a few games. I like Marvin Jones a lot. He's going to get the wide receiver two coverage, meaning the second best cornerback on the team at best, unless a slot cornerback is better. So he's never going to have that top coverage like Kenny Galladay will, even though Matthew Stafford treats him as a top weapon, especially in the red zone. So the numbers speak for themselves, especially last year. I think that if Matthew Stafford is healthy all year and Marvin Jones remains healthy, he's going to finish as around the top 25 to right around that 25 number at wide receiver. So he's significantly going under owned. And then the quick story, on Christian Kirk that we talked about in the my best picks video for a deeper analysis you can check that one out it's pretty much that he's going way too deep I have him right now Christian Kirk is my overall wide receiver 33 he's going as the wide receiver 40 He is my 74th overall player off the board he's going 109th off the board so many quarterbacks and tight ends and other wide receivers going ahead of him it's just disgusting this is a guy who got hurt for a month of the season last year I'll zoom in on it people don't remember that he got hurt with a high ankle sprain people always remember the ankle sprains of Saquon and Alvin Kamara and say ah that's why they were not as good last year Well, the same thing happened for Christian Kirk Christian Kirk played on 98 and a half percent of the snaps and was running so many routes per week. 38.7 per week was top five in the NFL last year. And people just don't want to acknowledge that. People want to acknowledge the fact that, oh, we only had 709 yards and only three touchdowns in all in one game. The guy missed three and a half in pretty much four weeks last year. He only played in 13 games, but on one of those, he left midway through the game and was not productive because of that, because he leaves halfway through the game. But if you want to look at the game logs of Christian Kirk, this is a guy going out there and playing hundred percent of the snaps in about seven games last year, playing 95 or more percent of the snaps in every single game, except the one game that he got hurt last year. Pretty incredible. And he's seeing an insane target share. He's getting targets every single game, a 25.5% target share from him last year, 8.3 targets per game. I mean, he started the season off with 12, 8, 12 targets. That's how he starts the season. Then 11 targets. This guy was seeing everything, but DeAndre Hopkins is there. I get it. He's not going to be the alpha number one, but now he's not going to get that same coverage. He's still going to run out of the slot a lot where he'll be very efficient. This team is going to run a lot of plays. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be that great this year, at least relative to where he normally has been and normally people's expectations. He literally cannot. Larry Fitzgerald is going to see targets. Andy Isabella will see some. Christian Kirk is going to see a lot of targets, probably around hundred plus. That means that you're not going to have a guy in DeAndre Hopkins going for his normal 150 to 160 targets. It's just not going to happen. So now if DeAndre Hopkins is seeing 125 to 130 targets and Christian Kirk is right around where he was last year, 110 to 115, he's going to finish as a top 30 or close to a top 30 wide receiver, not the wide receiver 40 where people are currently taking him. It gets even better now that he already has an established chemistry with Kyler Murray and you would hope and assume as many people are that Murray gets better this year. 42% of Kirk's snaps are out of the slot last year where Kyler Murray loved throwing and was very actually efficient throwing to him when he was throwing shorter. Murray was getting better throwing deep as the year went on. Mainly the offense was focused on short to intermediate passing, which is going to help Kirk, especially out of the slot. You can see right here, the target competition for Kirk, it's Hopkins and it's Larry Fitzgerald for the most part. And then Andy Isabella to an extent and four wide receiver sets. I think it'll be Hopkins and Isabella on the outside, which Fitzgerald and Kirk in the slot and three wide receiver sets. It'll probably be Kirk and Hopkins on the outside with Fitzgerald in the slot. I think either of those are fine for Kirk. He can win on the outside. He's maybe even better on the outside. Last year, they put him on the outside. He ends up going against Vernon Hargraves for part of the game in the slot. And then he moves to the outside. You know what he does in that game? He goes for six receptions, 10 targets, 138 yards, and three touchdowns. All three of his touchdowns come on the outside. So he gets tackled on the one-yard line twice last year. Very unlucky. I think Christian Kirk is an absolute steal. Right now, if you get Christian Kirk as like your wide receiver four in the eighth round, he has the upside for me, in my opinion, to finish as easily a wide receiver three and maybe even a wide receiver two. And then the final fellow that I want to talk about is one Deshaun Jackson, and it's getting better by the day for him, unfortunately, because of injuries to his teammates. Deshaun Jackson is currently going in the 13th round. I assume this is going to be increased. He's going as the wide receiver 55. That's wrong. 157 overall that's wrong he's going 88th overall for me in my top 150 again if you're using my top 150 link down below in the supreme draft guide you're just going to draft better you're going to dominate your league mates he's my wide receiver 41 and he continues to creep up higher and higher as the days go by look he's the established number one wide receiver out there Alshon Jeffrey's on the pup list Jalen Rieger is now going to miss a month of the season and as a rookie that's brutal for your entire year to get caught back up to speed what they have out there right now is a somewhat banged up although I'm not concerned Miles Sanders out of the backfield like last year they're two tight end sets like last year and now you're trying to replace them with J.J. Arcega Whiteside who was terrible last year so we'll see if he can do anything separation wise this year. Then you have guys like Quez Watkins and John Hightower, who are standing out in camp after that. But again, both are rookies. Deshaun Jackson is the only proven player on this team on the outside at the wide receiver position. And now he's going to be going out there and people look, I'm going to be starting him week one if I'm drafting him for the most part, especially in two flex leagues, let alone one, but people are going to be going out there and not drafting Deshaun Jackson in the first 10 rounds of drafts in the 12th and 13th round. And you're going to let him sit there. No, I'm fine taking Deshaun Jackson as like my wide receiver four or five, even if it means I have to spend a 10th round pick on him. In my opinion, that's fine. He's my 88th overall player. Right now I'm Deshaun Jackson, as I do, similar to guys like Tyler Boyd, right? I'm looking at them as similar plays. I probably like him at this point more than John Brown. I think he looks a little bit better than Preston Williams, even though those guys are going way ahead of him in drafts. It makes no sense to me. Look, you can say all you want that he's broken out the last two years in the first week, and then he gets hurt. Of course, that's the case, but I'm not going to project him to get hurt in week two. I don't think anybody is, or else nobody would be drafting him. Fact of the matter is that Deshaun Jackson has been a good pick all off season. Once we knew that Deshaun Jackson was actually playing this year and healthy, and we got those reports like two months ago, it was game on because Alshon Jeffrey is not out there. And now, once Jalen Rieger went down, somebody who was standing. Out in camp and people were expecting him to start alongside Deshaun Jackson. Once he went down, there's just no competition now. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, uh, until I see it, is not somebody that I'm threatened by taking on a huge target share. Deshaun Jackson is that guy. Whenever he plays with Carson Wentz, they have an established connection. It's only been a couple of games because he can't stay healthy. But even if you want to go back to 2018, where he actually played a good amount of games, 12 of the games, he was number two in yards per reception. He was a top 12 player in yards per target and yards per pass route and all these types of things. His target quality was up there. Carson Wentz is dealing with a little bit of an injury. So if by the time you're watching this, it said that Carson Wentz is going to miss some time, well, then obviously we temper our expectations. But if Carson Wentz is out there for week one and you're getting Deshaun Jackson in the double digit rounds outside of the 12th round right now, that's ridiculous. Go ahead, snag him, be the elite player in your league who takes him in the 10th or 11th round and end up having a wide receiver one in his offense as like the wide receiver five on your team. That's it, gang. That's where we're at right now. I'll put it back to the home screen of the Supreme draft guide. Those are 10 players in 10 rounds that we'll go through. Well, kind of nine because we skipped the first round. I don't like first round wide receivers as all. But thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, if you enjoyed this video, if you made it to this point in it, take a couple of seconds of your time like button for me, subscribe button, big one pops up on the screen, but in the bottom right hand corner on YouTube. And if you're listening on a podcast version, whether it's Spotify, Apple stitch or whatever it is, please just do hit that follow and subscribe button. it. really does help go a long way for this content that I produce. I'm producing it all myself. I produce, I research, I edit, I upload, I do all that, the marketing of it, all of it is just me. It really goes a long way. If you just want to support me just by doing the free things, like hitting the subscribe button and the like button, actually word of mouth marketing, just share it to one of your friends, whether it's on social media, whatever it might be. If you want to support me in this channel in a different way, monetarily, you can do so by getting the Supreme draft guide that is linked up down below. There's more information in the description, how you can get it for $10. You all rock. Thank you so much gang. And I will see you in the next one.